And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And guys, it is the scariest time of the month time of the year. Ooh. And we're getting close <laughs> to the scariest time of the month. It's, it's the scariest time of the month for Andrew. Hey. I don't right I don't bef- right before Halloween. I don't operate <laughs> like that. Um I'm not scared of that. Anyways, guys, let's talk about some hopefully some scary movies we've seen. Robert, what movie have movies have you seen? I'm going to go easy on you guys because I've seen an obscene amount of horror movies and movies in general since we last got together. So I'll, I'll cherry pick on the list a little bit. Uh, watch The Exorcist. Uh, super scary classic. Still something I'm terribly frightened of. Did um, we not talk about this last time? Yeah, you did. Did I not? Movie? I think so. Where did I leave off? Uh, oh, that's here. why you, you have so many. Did, let's see. Last time you did the Oh, Exorcist, I only have one movie. No, <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors, Muppet Treasure Island, Final Destination. The oh, Rain, you're right. Okay. Guys, the that's weird. I usually have a break yeah. in between my movie list. What was the last? Rosemary's Baby, I probably mentioned. Uh, let's see. You mentioned uh, Rosemary's Baby and The Nightmare on Elm Street was the final. Okay, cool. All right, all right, all right. So here we are. New list. <laughs> Rewind. No, no cherry picking this time. No cherry picking. We're doing all of them. Session nine. Mentioned multiple <laughs> times on me on the podcast. Love this movie. It's not even just a Halloween for me. Hey, it's a feel good movie. Ooh, so cozy. I'm in this asylum. It's a real asylum. It's creepy. Uh, I do genuinely love it. I've, as I've mentioned before, also one of them, uh, my favorite cinematic fuck yous in a movie. Look, just look up session nine. Fuck you. I think that'll that'll find it on YouTube by David Caruso. So good. Uh, the Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is a real creepy mo- one about two um, mortuary workers and this Jane Doe that shows up. And there's all this weird stuff going on with her, including like when they take a part of her skin off, she's like tattooed on the inside of her skin. Ugh. And there's all this creepy happenings going on and and. It is like there was an actual actress sitting there and pretending to be dead for almost the whole movie. And she just has like, obviously it's good makeup, but she just has like such a creepy look. I mean, she looks like a dead body with her mouth open and stuff, but man, what a performance by doing nothing. It's, it's really good. Would, I would hate to get typecast as that. <laughs> yeah. the dead body. I'm sure there's some uh, law and order folks that are like, I'm, I've been corpses in like 20 episodes now. They're just really good at, at doing that. Um, Rewatch Constantine because I heard that they might be coming back with a sequel, um, which would be interesting. Um, and I thought it interesting was is an interesting word for that. I would. Uh, it's uh, it's bad, Constantine. So. Constantine. I don't know. I think it has its charms. It, it was doing some cool stuff, but it's definitely. I also feel like it's in this weird era of like it was using the Constantine name and maybe like not doing as much of the stuff that comic people wanted it didn't seem like he was also quite as like dark as he seems to be in the comics but what are you gonna do um only hey, his sorry hair, you don't approve only his hair was darker 
That's yeah. true. Um, uh, watched Scream, the 1996 one, not the new one, which is annoyingly named just Scream. Um, I hate that shit. That's a classic. Um, I love when they they go crazy at the two killers and stab each other at the end, and the one what's the actor's name where he's like you stab me too deep man eh. just kind of moaning uh, and groaning the whole matthew rest of the lillard, movie isn't that yes matthew yeah. lillard good stuff um rewatched malignant which is uh came out in the last year or so really enjoy that one it's it's bonkers um really great twists and it's also like a movie where i'm like i kind of it would be fun to get maybe one more story out of this and see what they could do. But I almost want them to just leave it as it lies and just call it a good one-off or movie. Um, 20 days later, another fave, uh, something I also don't have to wait till um, Halloween to watch. Um, the, the little blurb that I've been kind of mentioning to people, something I looked up. I don't think I've mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned on the pod before, but the scenes early on when Killian Murphy is walking around London and it looks completely abandoned. It's kind of on a different sort of grainier film quality because they're using really small kind of DV cameras. And they were allowed to film. This was like a couple months prior to their normal filming. I think it was like in September or August. So that like in June or July, they were filming some of these, these scenes. And it's because they were allowed to close down some of those actual streets from like four to five in the morning. And they had enough light to actually shoot and make it look like it was abandoned. So there's no CG or anything in those shots. It looks abandoned because they just got their perfect shots at those times and angles. And they did know that about that time, um, dudes, uh, hey, men and women would be leaving the bars and walking home and walking into their shots, especially at Piccadilly Circus, which is like the big kind of circular roundabout that he stands in front of and there's all the flyers on it. So normally they would have production assistants stay, be like, hey, stay out of the shot. We're filming here. But they knew they would just be like, wow, fuck you and walk through. So they had hired very attractive women to stand on the sidelines instead and then like kind of chat the guys up while they were waiting for the shots to be complete. And it did work. And they were happy to stand there and not walk in front of the shots. And but that's meanwhile, how they you achieved. can hear a bunch of drunk Brits flirting with, hey, yeah. freshen your tea, governor. And they were like, oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so I just think that's a really impressive, like, it's hard to imagine. It's really impressive when you look at that and realize there was no tricks, really. They just, at the right time, were there and made one of the biggest, busiest cities on Earth look abandoned, which is amazing. Um, 13 Ghosts, another kind of corny. Is that also Lillard? Who else is, is mm-hmm. than that? Yeah. Lillard, so, uh, Shaloub. So I had a little uh, the dream team. sandwich. Yeah, a little dream team. Um, yeah, that's a funny one. I remember seeing that in the theater when I was a kid. I do like the designs of the ghosts, but it's pretty corny. It does have a really good cut slice where the lawyer in the movie gets caught between these two closing doors and it cuts him in half uh, on the side and like the front half of his body slides down the door. Isn't that movie, doesn't that movie also have the stylized, um, it's like thir, like T-H-I-R and then the number 13. And Ooh, then oh, maybe. Thir- the thirteen the ghosts. Thir- thirteen it, it ghosts. might be. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the right time for that to have been the thing. Um, it's not. I mean, it's all right. It, it's it's of its time. It doesn't doesn't not, not age well in the sense of like I don't know if there's anything super offensive. It's just kind of like I don't know. It's all right. Um, Fright Night, nineteen eighty five, really good. 
mentioned that before the remake is almost or is almost good is also good um but i do like that classic one especially the nerdy friend when he becomes a vampire and has really fucked up looking weird vampire teeth and it's kind of like i'm hot shit and then someone presses a a cross into his face and he's like ow now i have a cross burn forever it's like you idiot you could have just not been such a (laughs) so a hot shot boisterous about it and then you could have kept your pretty face um also watched the blob from 1988 uh love that movie it is so gross the effects are amazing the practical effects are incredible and not afraid to kill every any kind of character you know kids dogs whole families movie theaters it's just like wild um really fun stuff um something i hadn't seen in a long time really Demon fun Knight. stuff yeah it is fun stuff demon knight the, the first tales from the crypt movie not the uh who's in the second one bordello blood snoop no well yeah maybe snoop but who's the main guy it's uh the annoying fucking comedian guy uh, i'm looking it up right now bordello blood oh i hate babe <laughs> <laughs> and that name is dennis miller babe dennis miller thank you so much yeah that one not as good demon knight is pretty fun it's billy zane is the main demon really hamming it up you got snoop is not in this what movie am i thinking of snoop jada pinkett smith is in demon knight so is um uh sandman um uh thomas hayden church oh that's sandman um, yeah <laughs> i dish it man yeah sandler's like shabbity do what are you going to do about these demons um demon knight pretty sandler fun. babe that was one that was like for a revisit was like more fun than i remembered so um I, I think i also had like a fangoria magazine or something about like the makeup of the demons the demons look disgusting they're like wrinkly wet like little goblins that run around and you have to shoot them in the eyeballs to kill with, them and then like with green milk. energy shoes out um i watched uh, as above so below which I'd, i've seen a couple times and that's where uh it's a found footage where they go underneath the streets of paris kind of down into the catacombs and the whole movie is just like so tense because it's kind of got that um uh oh god why can't i think of the name of it now um where all the women go spelunking and oh, get uh, the, the descent. descent descent. Yes. So it's got that element. Cause there's people that are getting stuck and you're, you know, going through little tight spaces, but also like they keep going deeper. They're like, I think the way out is like, if you go down even more, there's like a chamber down there. And it's like, it feels like you're a mile underground now. It's, it's so frightening. Um, but very good. I recommend it. I think it's still on Netflix. Um, one that was sort of a break in all of these horror movies is called we have always lived in the castle and it's um bucky barnes uh and he basically is the cousin of this family who's um kind of like lives out in the country in like the 50s or 60s and there's rumors that the youngest daughter or or one of the daughters the oldest daughter uh, alexandria alexandria dondario or whatever like the really yeah um, that like poisoned other other of their family members at this dinner. So they're kind of like shunned by the town and whenever the youngest daughter goes into town, they give her all these sideways looks. And then um, Bucky Barnes guy shows up and Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Stan. You're doing great with names today, Robert. I know I, something's going on. Um, and he's basically like a weird force where the youngest daughter doesn't trust him and doesn't want him around. And she's, 
burying stuff in the yard and kind of like doing almost like little spells and stabbing books to trees to try and like ward him away. And it's, it's very tense, but I was, I went in assuming it was more of a horror centric or, or like a thriller kind of, but it is, it's just kind of odd. Uh, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it, but um, it's based on a, a book. And um, so that was just kind of a, a random surprising one. I watched that with uh, Jamie and her sister. Um, Host, I watched, which came out a couple years ago. This was like reported, uh, made in the pandemic. That's the Zoom, like horror. The movie. Zoom horror movie. It's like set. It might only be an hour or like seventy minutes. It's really tight. And I think it's I think it's limited to forty minutes, uh, unless you <laughs> unless you unless upgrade. you have no spoilers. But that might be a problem in the movie too. Um, mm-hmm. They do a really good job of incorporating all of the technology and things you are doing on a zoom call into a horror movie and like in not a cheesy way, in my opinion, like I was really surprised by it. I think when you hear like an online kind of horror movie, you're like, nah, that's not good. Like the phone's haunted. The computer's haunted. This had some really good stuff. Really. I have to imagine a fairly small budget, but really did a lot with it. And I would recommend it. And I don't think it's too scary for some folks. I mean, it's, there's the element of like you're like we're all seeing each other and stuff's happening on the screen, but um, I, I thought they did a really good job. I was very pleasantly surprised by that one. Um, also watched Pier- or Terrified, which was uh, I want to say it's a Paraguayan film, and that one's interesting. I like the first half more than the second half. It's kind of these. It feels like disparate stories all happening within this apartment block at first, with some really creepy stuff like a ghost that gets caught on a camera that's kind of coming out from under this guy's bed. And then this other story of this kid who gets killed, but he like without anyone seeing him walked out of his grave and then showed up back at home. And it's like sitting at the table. So really disturbing stuff. But when the stories kind of come together by the end, I just wasn't as engaged. Um, I still liked it, but uh, yeah, kind of a a light recommendation for that one. Stir of echoes with Kevin Bacon. Um, I think it was in the out in 2000. So it's a really some real 2000 style in that uh, it was doing some fun stuff. Also, it's like a supernatural thriller, less of a horror movie, but I did enjoy it. Um, Cause I think I'd only seen it once, like probably close to when it came out. Uh, and then finally, wait, I think, wait, 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 wait. Uh, supernatural thrillers are not horror. You mean horror as in like slasher or horror as in like horror as in like, I mean, like it, it wasn't like, he in the movie he is like kind of his mind is opened up and he sort of has his second sight and is like seeing this like ghost girl but it wasn't as like it wasn't like ghosts and monsters it was like a crime was committed and he was kind of solving it and the only supernatural element is sort of that he's getting these flashes so i i thought i remembered it being more of a horror movie and it's a little bit more it's a little more like six senses kind of like kind of supernatural and some thrills and drama um finishing it up Watched a double feature of Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Great movie. I think we reviewed it on the pod. Uh, or at least all have seen it. And um, yeah, really, really awesome. I said when I was I was watching it with a group of people, I would love like a tropical sequel where they they win a a rake, you know, they win a, a chance to go to some bungalow on the beach somewhere. And, you know, who knows? Maybe there's some strife between them because Dale's got his new girlfriend and there's temporarily they get split up. But I would like them to also get implicated in murders they didn't commit and then come back together before the end to help solve it all. Uh, just because the movie's so fun, their chemistry is so good. I would love more of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, Brain Dead, Peter Jackson's uh, 
zombie horror movie. Love it. One of the wettest, grossest films around. Can't recommend it enough. And Brain Dead is the kind of Australian uncut version. Uh, but Dead Alive, the the other version you can find in the U.S. Uh, more readily, is still really good. Highly recommend. That's what I've seen. Max, what about you? I didn't watch anything. Oh, <laughs> just, just kidding. I got some. I got a couple. Not quite that many. Uh, I watched Werewolf by Night, the uh, MCU. I still don't watch uh, that. I need to do that. Spook one. Yeah, you should watch it. It's it's not creepy. I mean, you know, it's got creepiness to it, yeah. but it's very palatable. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I also watched Spree, which is uh, <clears throat> that's one of those like uh, Kardash movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, um, so it's got Joe Keery, I think his mm-hmm. name is, from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, Joe Keery. Which, um, wait, who is he in Stranger Things? He is Steve. Steve. Oh, oh, okay. Works at Chips Ahoy in season two. Chips Ahoy? My bad. Um, yeah, so he's he's a driver. He's kind of, like, desperate for attention and trying to build a following. He's also a sociopath and, like, I guess psychopath. I don't know which one it is, but basically is like uh, not bothered by a lot of uh, pretty twisted things. It's it's very dark. Um, it also has uh, Sashir Zameda from SNL as oh, well nice. as Kyle Mooney and uh, David Arquette plays his dad. And um, I thought it was pretty good, pretty creepy. Uh, yeah, like a, a little bit on the more violent side uh, than what I would normally like. Mm. But uh, yeah, might might stick with you depending on what your tolerances are. Uh, and it was also one of those ones where it's kind of like when you're dealing with stuff that's too new, too current, like the gig economy and uh, influencers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, it can be tough to nail it. And I think there were a couple points where, you know, it could be a little bit cringe, but um you know, where they, they're shouting out, oh, you know, like and subscribe and all that stuff. And you're like, all right, come on. But um, overall, I think it was a pretty good movie. I also watched uh, both of the Fright Nights, the one uh, from 1985 and the one from 2011. I did nice. not watch either of the Fright Night sequels. I didn't realize this, that they made a Fright Night 2 uh, in like 1988 or something like that. Did, oh, I don't know if I remember that either. And then they made a Fright Night sequel for the the remake so they did like each each one has a sequel to it yeah i think hmm. it's weird i think it was called fright night Two: new blood or something like okay that there's no the way one. that like the same cast though right it's not the same cast but i think it's the same character um and i don't know if it's the same director i think it is the same director for all of them it's it's weird i also didn't watch it so i can't really say for sure that that's true but i think when i looked it up uh, there was a list of like, you know, w- which ones were the best. And these two were, were the ones that they recommended. And then like after that, I think for the third one, they said the um, original sequel is better than the new sequel, but both of them are sequels. And well, what did you think of the two? Are you, cause you had, you had, you'd seen both of these before. I know this is the first time. Oh, yeah, what did you both, think? And did you like one more than the other? Uh, it's hard to say. I think I did like the, uh, 1985 one, uh, better than 2011, but it was interesting to, there were some cool things in the new one Mm -hmm. and it had, uh, good performances, I think across both. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I think the, 
the older one had a bit more um not mystery but it was like a little bit uh slower and a little bit less action and a little more just like creepiness and uh, like what's going on with this where like the the newer one is a bit more just straight up action yes yeah and um yeah the new one's got colin farrell it, is that yeah mm, not yes. i always get it confused it's not Tom uh yeah and uh Chekhov from uh from star trek that's the guy um yeah and they both do a good job i i thought it was interesting i thought like some of the stuff that they did with um the action scenes in the in the sequel some of it didn't work the throwing of the motorcycle did not work for me (laughs) (laughs) how about the this is like kind of my minor spoiler but like so you can't you know a vampire has to be invited in they mm-hmm. won't let him in, so he tears up the gas line from the from the lawn and then like blows the house up. And he's like, "I can walk in if there's no house." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it seems like that means any any vampire could just take an axe and and chop it. And like, at, at what point Shoot. can you walk in or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Like, that does the house have like a spell? Like, you couldn't you couldn't use an axe on the door, but the but the gas line that's far enough away. Like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, none of that stuff ever makes any it's sense. Fun. It's fun, though. Like, it I liked that that was his solution. So Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and it also had, the new one had David Tennant in it, too. He's really good as that character. I thought that was a fun role. Yeah, the uh, he's like um, D- David, not David Blaine. Who is the other one? Uh, Mind- Chris Angel. Chris, Chris Angel, Angel Mind Freak, yeah. yeah. Doesn't he? Doesn't he always drinking Midori? He has like the green liquor. Yeah, a bunch. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. He's and, and he, he really did a good She-Hulk. job in this role. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought I thought both of them were were certainly worth a watch, uh, and not too spooky. Uh, also, so if you're if you're into it, it's, they're more fun than than spooky. I also watched uh, Werewolves Within, another fun one. I thought that oh, nice. was uh, pretty funny. Um, it's. Yeah, I, it's it's horror somewhat, but mainly just comedy and just like uh, people kind of. It's like a comedy forced. mystery. That's Sam yeah. Richardson, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. okay? And Vintraub, what's her name? Something Vintraub. She she was she's done the voice of Squirrel Girl, I think, and she's in like those phone commercials a bunch. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You would know her if you saw her, but yeah. she's like the other one of the other characters in it. She's good too. Verizon is that what? She- Maybe or T-Mobile. I'm not sure. Um, oh, uh, Lily from the AT&T commercials. Milana. Yeah, that's right. Milana Vintrub. Yeah. Yes, Milana Vintrub. Uh, there were some other people, huh? Like I, I feel like there, there were people popping up, and I was like, oh, I recognize them from from this. I recognize this from that. But now I'm forgetting everyone. <laughs> oh well, it was a good movie. Uh, more comedy, more just like. Um, you know, people forced to be in a place together and trying to figure it out. They they have, you know, like opposing viewpoints on this pipeline that's going through the city and stuff. And so like mysteries around that. But yeah, I thought that was good. Maybe this of the the movies that I watched, that, that one might be my um favorite of the bunch. Um I also watched Umma because <laughs> I'm saying um so much. Uh Sandra O oh, and um she, She's uh, haunted by her mother, kind of. Yes, I've heard about this. Yeah. Uh, and it was good. It was 
a little yeah it's, it's just like it's a kind of sort of ghost movie and kind of sort of just like someone dealing with their past and um you know their relationship with their mother and how mm-hmm. their relationship with their daughter so like you know how how those things influence each other um and it was good it had uh had a guy who like shows up as the love interest in every tv show he, he was in um oh my gosh shameless and he's been in a hundred other things but uh yeah he's also in emma talking <laughs> about uh dermot maloney Mer- yeah. Mer- yeah. Mulroney. Where is he? There yeah he is. that sounds right that's the guy that's a guy a little gruff voice uh he's always like the handsome older gentleman yeah um and then i also watched a movie called significant others which is a couple that goes hiking in the pacific northwest um right after a meteor strike posits an alien (laughs) and um it's it's i'd say like it sounds kind of goofy but it they managed to make it pretty um frightening and and weird and there are some twists in it um don't really know i don't think i know the actress too well but the 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 guy of the couple uh was in oh my god why don't i remember this one it was so good not white noise white lotus that's it white lotus um (laughs) hbo series really good but he was in that and he's in this one uh yeah, I I think I think it's worth checking out. We just kind of grabbed it from screenshot and short description on whatever streaming service it was on without hearing too much about it, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. Jake Lacey, is that who you're thinking of? Jake Lacey, yes. I believe. I just <laughs> I'm just going to trust everything that you say cuz it looks like you're looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> which I could, <laughs> I could easily do. But yeah, that sounds right. Uh yeah, well, that was good. But that's all that I've seen. How about you, Andrew? Uh, I watched uh, Practical Magic last night, which is about witches, so very Ooh. scary. Uh, Did you notice... Okay, so uh, what I've noticed for a lot of witch movies is at some point, usually right at the beginning, but sometimes it takes a little bit, they do the flyover of a forest. For every witch movie, they'll have like the camera flying over a forest. I think it's... I think it's just to like establish that like even if you don't get a witch on a broom in a movie, they want to be like, oh, what the if you did have there. the, the op- point of view of that? And but they, it, it's not the city either. It's always going to be like a forest. It's always going to be trees for well, your flying. Witches over. typically don't just live in the city, right? They want to be close to. Well, close Kiki to does. She has to deliver stuff all over the city. She does have a friend in the forest. This is my segment. Get out of here. <laughs> close his window um yeah it's, i mean it's a i've seen it before it's a uh, sandra bullock and nicole kidman play witch sisters and they uh nicole kidman ends up in a relationship with this very abusive man so they end up killing him and they try to bring him back to life to exonerate themselves from killing him and then he turns out to be worse when they bring him back so they kill him again and then he's ends up haunting sounds like uh, death becomes him <laughs> and he has a hole in his stomach through the rest of the movie it's very weird <laughs> um but uh yeah it's a 
it it uh, stretches a little bit of credibility to have uh, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman playing sisters, and it kind of it was made in the '90s, so it has that '90s thing of like these are two famous people and they're related to each other. That's all you need to know. Like it just they don't look anything. Who are the banger sisters? Susan Sarandon and Goldie Hawn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So because that's another one where I was like, are they sisters? I think that was the last one. That was the last one they ever made like that. And then Hollywood got the note. They were like, you know what? We understand. This is an aptly believable, aptly tighted movie. Because let's go out with a bang. (laughs) Best one yet. Um, And then Robert. You'll be surprised to hear this. I watched Barbarian. Whoa! Just uh, this now afternoon. I'm, now I'm getting waiting to hear if you're mad that you watch Barbarian. I'm not mad about it. I uh, it's gross. I don't want to say too much because Max, I know you haven't seen it. And am I am I going to Andrew? I think you would. I think you'd like it. It's it's a very creepy movie. It's it's like there's like the thing I like about it is that it does not have jump scares in it. It like sets up a lot of like potential for it. But there's no part where like, you know, like there's there. I don't want to. Again, Robert, you've been very careful about not giving away too much because it's a relatively recent release. And Max, you haven't seen it. But like there are, you know, things coming out of the dark, but it's not. Yeah, but it's like, you know, like someone's walking down a hall and then it's silent. and You're like, okay, so something's going to happen. And it's not exactly like it pops in front of your screen. It's like something happens and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, (laughs) but it, it really does a good job of setting the atmosphere it also does a very good maybe maybe it's a little too cute with trying to set up the villain at the beginning of the movie like making a you think one character's kind of a creep and like it 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 almost leans too far into it being kind of like a um like a trope of setting up a particular character i, I think it does skirt that perfectly though and i i having listened to a couple things that Zach Krieger the director has said i it's a pretty good job of what his original treatment for the movie was, which is kind of like these little red flags yeah. in a regular person's life yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I think like the, what I read at least on the wiki was like his whole, the premise of the movie is that women should trust their intuitions a little stronger. And yeah, um, he's really mansplaining to women by making this movie. He's like, you know what you guys <laughs> need to probably do you know what women should do everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very, uh, you know, very creepy, well-made movie. Did you watch that today or with I watched it this else, afternoon. Or? I watched it this afternoon by myself. Wow. Yeah. With the lights out? Well, with Scotty. Scotty was there. Um but That's cheating. Oh. We were we were uh holding each other the entire time. So You were both wearing like yeah. Scooby and Shaggy. Yeah. Like, Ooh. yeah. We're both standing up and Wow. You you were in you were in his arms and you were shaking. Yeah. He was holding you. Yeah. And you both had hurricane jackets on or whatever they're called. Hurricane jackets? Uh-huh. Thunder shirts, thunder shirts. There you go. Okay, yes, that is that is. Yeah, <laughs> hurricane jacket. Yeah, I got um, the knockoff version. <laughs> <laughs> we have a thunder shirt at home. Thunder shirt at home. It's the hurricane jacket. Um, yeah, I thought it was very good, and we can maybe talk about it more when it's been out for a little bit longer. But um, sure. Yeah, I it was it was good. Wow, um, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I was proud of myself. I was like, you know what? I want to like because you know. The, the movie it's that we the watched, guys, baby. The, well, the movie that we watched for this week is is not like a scary movie, and like not, I, no. I typically don't go for scary movies even during October. Unless you're scared of a, a legacy sequel. <laughs> if you're scared of be. only a few characters showing up in the sequel, um, <laughs> so I I want to like give it a real like I'll watch at least a pretty scary movie for this October. But so I did. And I'm proud of myself. So 
Anyways, cool. let's talk about some TV shows we've seen. TV shows we've seen. We've seen. Robert, what are you seeing? Well, we had the finales of The Rings of Power and uh, House of the Dragon as of this record. Um, I liked now having now that they're both over. I liked one show a lot more than the other. I'll it flipped you for you. You let you liked the Rings of Power more. It flipped, right? I didn't know, and I and it's not that I'm. Uh, I think there's a lot of good potential, but I think part of it is knowing or they're them assuming or correctly. I hope that there's a certain amount of seasons, so they have to space it out a certain way. Five seasons, apparently, um, and they are apparently going to get it. That they're parsing stuff out the way they are. Um, I think there's some very. There were some cool things and some very clunky things. Um, and so, yeah, for Rings of Power, not not the very uneven for me, unfortunately. Um, there is a part featuring the stranger character, the tall bearded man that is super badass. Like it looked amazing. And that's something that has been consistent through the show. So I'm very happy about that. There's never I was never like, oh, what happened there to the budget? It always looked good. Um, yeah, there's an action scene featuring the stranger in the finale where I was like, this fucking rocks. Like I loved it. The action in the um, show has been great. I think like, uh, you know, I, I might disagree with you a little bit in terms of how the first season went, but I think sure. like for me, I mean, I know there's, there's a, a million people who will find anything to nitpick about, but I think the action hey. has been, <laughs> and you're one of them. You, um, but I really thought the action in the show was great. Yeah. I think it was pretty good. I think like now that other characters are kind of getting together and, it's just been a lot of table setting. So I, and I feel like it's, I wish it didn't feel like the first season was really setting up so much for the second season. Um, and I know you have to do that to some degree, but it just feels like they really could have tightened it up in some spots. Uh, that being said, house of the dragon really loved it. The, my least favorite episode was maybe the penultimate episode, which was not the finale here, but the one before last episode eight or nine or whatever. Um, I love it. I love it that you used penultimate and then you uh, went ahead and explained what it was because nobody <laughs> nobody uses it correctly. I, so, <laughs> uh, do you idiots out there? Um, no, it was really good. Uh, and 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 also a show that you know I think is planning to have a couple more seasons, or there's at least enough written work to kind of cover that ground. But ha- has done sort of the opposite, where I feel like they've done a much better job, at least in my opinion, of kind of setting it up on a good kind of cliffhanger and kind of saying like now, and let's see where we all get taken, you know, the next time the show has also done a couple time jumps. If people haven't watched it, I hope that's not too spoilery, but there's a few like jumps of years and, and stuff, especially early on in the season. And I wonder if they're going to do anything like that in the second season, or if all of the, if there's enough events that it is, is a little more um, compact and you're not kind of jumping ahead years and years. Um, Andor, which I'm assuming we will talk about in a mini, so I won't go into that really. But um, the seventh episode is, I think, a standalone, even though the last six have been like three, two, three episode arcs. This one's sort of been meant to be like an interstitial catching up with some other some folks seeing the aftermath of the um, the Mandalorian, the, the events of Aldani. <laughs> yes, the Mandalorian shows up. He has another great episode that's better than somehow better than this whole other season that it's been in. Um it was, re- it was really good. And 
I think I said yeah, I can't okay? handle it. I can't handle it. Too I just I thought about Boba Fett showing up too, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, having the shittiest episode. Everybody like likes Andor until Boba Fett shows up. Until, hey, like, mind if I have another turn at this? And it's just like, oh no. <laughs> um, I gotta say, it, it's it's just like the different approach. Like, and I, I again, I don't want to say too much, but like the politics and bureaucracy in this, like, mm-hmm. I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. When I see a, a big table of Imperials sitting around and they're all starting to talk about like their star charts that they haven't gotten in on time and what they're going to do to like increase tariffs and shit. I'm like, let's go (laughs) save it for the mini, save it for the mini, bud. I know save it for the mini. It's, but it's very good. Uh, last thing I watched all of or finished because I think I started and mentioned in a previous episode, uh, 101 places to party before you die. Uh, starting Adam Hallie and John Gabris. Very fun. Very sweet show. I, I, I wish it sounded like they were going to get a second season. They kind of got their time slot moved around and, you know, then they jumped from, I don't know if it's a good thing to be on a different streaming network than where you started or whatever, but I hope there's enough eyes on it on HBO or wherever it landed that um, someone takes notice. Cause I would love for those dudes to be able to travel and have fun some more. And the places they went looked great. Um, I do wish it, I think I said this initially, like I do wish they kind of lingered more on some of like the food and stuff that they were eating. Cause it'll be like lightning fast, like these wings and there's this caviar flight, blah, blah, blah. And it just feels like it's flying past you. And I, I don't know. I want to luxuriate just a little bit more on, on some of those, but there's spots that they showed that aren't like, they usually do like an opulent meal at the end of the episode to kind of blow the rest of their budget for the city. But um, there's places in between that look very affordable and fun, and I would love to visit while I'm traveling. So really, really like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. and that's what I've seen for TV. Max, what about you? Well, let me take a look here. Uh, I watched the rest of what we did in the shadow. What we do in the shadows. Well, you did. You already watched it, so it is what we did. In yeah, the what we did in the shadows. That's right. I gotta uh, put it in past tense. Um, I I think I watched the first episode only of this season and then like held off because October was coming up. Uh, that one was good. I like what they did with Colin Robinson this season. Have you guys watched it at all? I think I was, I don't know if I was spoiled, but like I did see that like something happens to him. So I, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I won't say too much. Uh, I, I would check it out. I think it's fun. Uh, I think, yeah, I can, continuously uh pretty damn good show uh pretty funny pretty fun characters uh i enjoy it uh there were a couple tv shows that i only watched the first episode of that i think i'll probably stick with only watching the uh first episode one was ghosts about a it's a british show about oh yeah a, a couple that moves into a uh, is it a hotel no, and because they want to turn it and into because a it's British, it's called it's spelled G H O U S T, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. With with an E at the end, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, they have a a big, a big manor, big mansion thing, and there are a bunch of people that died uh, over the years. I don't know if it was there. I think it was there, and they're kind of stuck. They're ghosts. Um, and then uh, the uh, a couple kind of a, a woman inherits the place with her boyfriend husband i'm not sure exactly they move in and um she has a brush with death like technically dies for a little bit and from that point on 
uh, she can see the ghosts. And so now she's going to interact with them. She want, The two of them want to turn it into a hotel so they can make some money off of it. And uh, all of the ghosts are trying to prevent that, but they can't really interact with uh, things. They're like trying to haunt them out of the house, but it doesn't work. Um, yeah, it, it, it felt like it had attempted a lot of humor that didn't really hit. And so I think there's just plenty of things to watch. Probably won't be that. I also watched The Imperfects, which is a... Um, a group of kids that was experimented on and they each get uh, power. Uh, like one of them exudes pheromones. One of them turns into a chupacabra. It's like a werewolf, but, but a chupacabra instead. And uh, Is this the new mutants. It's, it's very similar to the new mutants. Okay. Uh, the, I can't tell how old the characters are supposed to be because they look like they're 12 years old, but they're like living the lives of 30 year olds or something. So, mm. uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's possible that I'll watch more of that, but, uh, chances are not great. Uh, I also finished off reservation dogs, which uh fantastic show. I think everyone should give it a shot. Uh, kind of unreserved recommendation. Just go for it. Uh, I, I thought I had finished it before, I think, but then there are a couple episodes that I hadn't seen. And, I, you know, I like the, the ending of it. I'm curious to see if they're going to continue with it and how how the ending changes things moving forward. But like I like all the the kids, the reservation dogs and. Um, yeah, they do a good it's it. I think I mentioned every time that they do a really good job bouncing between being really funny and really touching. And uh, they hit for both pretty much every, every time they try, it's just, it's really good. They, they, all the actors do a great job and the writing's good. And um, all the tertiary characters that come in are also like uh, really great how, how they uh, interact and, and how they enhance each other's lives and, are the the sticking points of of everyone yeah just check it out reservation dogs if you if you like touching comedies uh i can't recommend it enough uh i also started yellow jackets oh yeah uh, a bit of a, a spooky one and andrew i do not disagree with you it is very gross at the beginning of mm-hmm. it um but i think it's worth sticking with and i think it gets less gross although i haven't finished season one but i think the first couple episodes are the grossest that i've seen so far and i'm about at like episode seven so like the rest are are more creepy than they are disgusting but there are a couple points like uh, bot like wounds i think right or yeah yeah a couple pretty gory wounds the wounds that like you know the special effects guys Worked hard and jerking like, off about it. <laughs> yeah, they just like watched a lot of brutal crap. Like they looked up reference photos. I mean, Tom Zavini, who's like the, you know, famous horror uh, special effects artist for like uh, the zombie, you know, Romero movies. Simpsons alumni. Simpsons alumni famously, I would think, had a stint in Vietnam, came back and then used all that he saw in battle to sort of apply to his uh, craft, which is freaky like that's scary yeah i mean 
So there were a couple points. One one of them, I think, you know, it's it's gross whenever they show this type of injury. It, uh, it's always like used to to gross people out. But then like there's another injury pretty soon after that where like I don't know if I've seen something that gross. Oh, where like they stub their toe, probably. Yeah, and it yes. it hurts them so much. And like I a was coffee like, table. Oh, yeah. Ooh, they, or maybe they, like the funny bone. That's probably what it was. And they Yellow jackets. Down, they grab it. They hop hop around a little bit. You can tell they're just <laughs> like in so much pain. I was like, I cannot watch this. I know the the like, even though it's like a you know fun the the damage is funny in Home Alone, when he steps on the nail on the stairs, <laughs> it doesn't show like it doesn't through. go through his foot. You just see him like kind of like go to step on it, and then he has a reaction, and he grabs his foot and just completely like falls backwards. I love that's like my favorite part of of that bit. Does it not show it going through? I think it just show. I think it literally shows you, you know, like this, like the nail, like going, and then it cuts to his face and him going like, ah, like I, I totally thought it came out the top. Yeah. And then like blood shoot, like a geyser of blood shoots out. And Kevin's like, you thirsty for more. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of a uh, quiet place or something. I probably mentioned before, there is a version you can look up where it's like realistic home alone. And it's like, if the paint cannon swung down hit their face and then like a blood splatter like hits off the wall and yeah, they fall I, down like, i think the i think that was the corridor crew i think they've done a couple of oh them, okay like, yeah yeah re- realistic vfx things but yellow jackets has a really good cast and they, they do a i think a really impressive job of like matching the eight like matching the uh characters the so you adults. can kind of tell yeah, yeah. like so you, they show up as the high schooler and they show up um like years later as adults. And I think they do a good job of matching the, the actresses up. Um, and good to see Christina Ricci, mm-hmm. the character she plays is so fucking weird. Uh, everyone, everyone is pretty fun in that movie. They, they've got good personalities and um, acted well. And yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. Nice. But that's it for me. How about you, Andrew? <clears throat> Um, also finished the rings of power. I will dissent from Robert. I thought it was actually a pretty good first season. I think, um, my only issues again, these are things I brought up before, but like there are some characters that are hinted towards being other characters that, you know, can, you can kind of see them maybe aging into what they look like. But then there's like, Elrond and Isildur that like are going to be like different actors entirely within like even if it's a thousand years from now it's gonna be a rough thousand years yeah yeah kind of like Obi Wan yeah Obi Wan show like so and I understand like the Amazon didn't have exactly they didn't have the rights to everything within the Tolkien library so there's some stuff that like you know, for instance, I don't, I don't know if they were Harfoots in the second age, you know, or, or, you know, whatever, like that was just the name that was available to them. Um, so, you know, they are hobbits, but they're called Harfoots, which I know is, a they also might be them, like but... proto hobbits. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, I wonder if they will literally find a, a place. It's like, look at this little Shire. Wouldn't it be nice to finally settle here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be yeah, shocked. Maybe in a couple of generations. Don't, you know, yeah. don't get too good ahead of yourself. And then we'll get lazy, live in the Hills and one of us will go on an adventure. <laughs> Um, but there's, you know, like I love the lore of that stuff. And so like, it's, you know, I, I think like they haven't gone too heavy with some, like, you know, like it, it'd be very easy to do a lot of like self-referential stuff for like the movies in a couple thousand years or something, you know, like there's, there's not a ton of that. And 
but there's some there's some logic issues that I have with it. But overall, I thought it was a very good first season. Like it's clearly, I think I understand what you're talking about, Robert, in it being like a set like a frustrating setup for more stuff. I, later. I am in the more positive than negative. It was just kind of uneven. Like I feel yeah. like there was some storylines like. I mean, not to say, hey, would you smile more, sweetie? But like, Gladriel okay. is so steadfastly <laughs> like rude to everyone at first. She's kind of like, rude in the movies too. So she like, is. Yeah. I mean, a little bit, but it's just kind of like, but it's like it's the arc. So, but then by the end of the season, you do see you understand it more. It is. It, mm-hmm. It's like tougher on the first watch until it all kind of connects. Yeah, I can't wait um, to hear get woke go oh, go broke. What is it? Get woke. Go you, broke. you should know. Apparently, <laughs> your favorite slogan. <laughs> I can't wait for Rob to be there by season two. You're going to see me. I'm going to be like one of those angry YouTubers by then. Like, like with a weird, you know, thumbnail and saying like, this is, I can't believe it. They did a couple of these females. They need to recast Ron Deere to the right skin tone dudes. Yeah. They have the female gender in this. What the, um, (laughs) Andrew in the, and I will kind of still be vague, but like the starting of the finale is like, you're this character. And I was like, well, they're probably not because this is the first minute of the show. And then yeah. it's like, it's not. And it's like, all right. So stuff like that. But I um, I am more optimistic with where they left it by the end for the most part. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, I I sort of, I the one of the reveals, I think both the reveals I ended up being correct on. I, I had sort of thought that one of the reveals was going to be like a... a executed differently but we can we can talk about it maybe when it's been out for a little while longer um but yeah i overall thought it was a mostly positive experience have, um, have they set up uh the the barrel float scene yet not yet you can season? see that they're okay. getting the barrels are getting did. closer to the river <laughs> one of the hardfoots did look at it and then go next movie baby <laughs> like walk away from it <laughs> um and then i next watched the movie <laughs> Harford's getting ahead of himself. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it when Terrence <laughs> Howard said that. They're in like Iron Amazon's Man like, you know what? We figured out we're gonna do a full on movie and, we, and people's favorite character, the Harfoots. Yeah. Actually, is what we're it was. Do. It was to comment on it. It was very weird in the first Iron Man movie when Terrence Howard says, "Next movie, baby," and then says, "I'm for sure gonna be in the next one." And then Tony Stark <laughs> looks off the edge of his building and goes, "Damn, he's not gonna be in the sequel." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I watched the first two episodes of Dairy Girls, which I thought was Ooh. very good. Very so good, good right? Yeah. I can't wait. We've been watching a lot of spooky stuff, so we we haven't gone to the new season of Dairy Girls, but it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I was very, I very much enjoyed those first couple episodes. So yeah, I want to say Jamie's maybe started that that new one and is enjoying it. So yeah. Um. So, anyways, that's it for TV, fellows. Let's talk about the movie we all watched this week on Disney Plus, a legacy sequel. It is Hocus Pocus two. Uh. Pocus Pocus, you the dopest. Uh. That's right, we watch Hocus Pocus 2 on Disney Plus, starring Beth Midler. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. And Sarah Jessica Parker, and Doug Jones, and uh, the third sister, whose name I can't Sam Richardson. Of. Sam Richardson is in this, yes. Um, yeah, the third sister, Sam Richardson. Sir, her name is, of course, Kathy Najimi. Um, so Hocus Pocus 2, oh, Tony Hale as well. Pretty prominent character in this movie. Hocus Pocus 2, legacy sequel to, of course, Hocus Pocus, the 1993 movie. This movie coming on 2022. Um, 
before we get into plot stuff, would you guys recommend people watch Hocus Pocus 2? I think if you're a fan of the first one, this is a perfectly fine entry. Uh, I don't think I liked it more than the original, but we will get into it. Um, but yeah, I would give it a, at least a light recommendation. Max, what about you? I think Robert's right. If you're a fan of the first one, then you know what you're getting. Uh, you've, you've done it to yourself. I don't know. Like but. I remember, li- <laughs> I remember liking Hocus Pocus. Uh, and now you don't a lot as yeah i think the last time i watched it i was like eh, this isn't really all that great is it um it's not terrible but uh i kind of feel the same way about the sequel i think there's some it's worth one watch <laughs> <laughs> hey we did it <laughs> um i max i completely agree with you i think it is worth one watch um hannah waddingham also in this movie from uh from uh, Ted Lasso, but um, <clears throat> yeah, this is oh, a yeah. barely, barely, yeah, for about two minutes and then does not return. It is this is a, I even have a hard time saying if you like the first one, you'll like the second one because the like as far as legacy sequels go, I don't think this one really honors the original that much at all. Like it, it in fact, like it, it almost feels like you may as well have not had the three sisters in it. Like how kind of disconnected it is from the first one. It's less that for me. I wasn't, I wasn't connecting as much. I didn't think they did a bad job acting wise, but I wasn't really connecting with the group of girls in the movie. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought the kids in the original were much more interesting and more tied. It felt like much more tied to the witches and the black candle. And, and also, um, uh, the guy with the stitched up mouth kind of running around with them. The, the Doug Jones, yeah, the and the cat, and it just feels like it was missing elements that I enjoyed so much in the original one, or at least remembered enjoying so much in the original. So two a one three three zero. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's like it's weird because the the three girls that they set up in this movie are having a tiff. Like two are having a tiff with one, and you know, like the one is always hanging out with their boyfriend, so the two others feel ostracized, and she's you know, like they're just there's a misunderstanding there. And even though, like, it's, they don't, like, I don't want them to spend 45 minutes on these girls having problems with each other, but it's, there's not enough time given to that, or maybe it's just it's not done very well in the movie, because the entire time this, like, spat is happening, meet at the same time concurrently, like, Sam Richardson's accidentally, you know, uh, not accidentally, but, like, he's trying to get the the Sanderson sisters resurrected. Yes. Um, I thought the other thing they didn't really need was the backstory on the Sanderson sisters either. Yeah. I didn't see, I don't like this like retroactive, like, okay, we know the whole first movie, their whole thing was like, kill as many children as we can. But like then having it be like, the town was mean to them. Like they just wanted to be their themselves. It's like, what are you talking about? Just let them be evil witches. It's right. fine. The other, I mean, the one thing I will say, whoever played the young Bette Midler. That was good. Chef's kiss. That was a, yes. that was inspired casting. Yeah, it was um, very good. But otherwise I just thought it was, yeah, I don't, we, you don't need the like 10 minute sequence other than to get, um, to get Hanna Waddingham into the movie. Like there's really no reason for that scene because again, like I, yeah, the trend of like, the the Cruella movie or the Maleficent movie of like, let's give a backstory to why these characters are so evil. It's like, I 
we don't need that. Nobody's been wondering, God, why are the Sanderson sisters so mean? It's just like it's kind of cooler and more mysterious that they're just like some. I mean, something happened, I guess. Right. But like they're just evil. Yeah. Why not let them just be evil? So I, I there wasn't even a whole lot of explanation for it because they kind of even though they're trying to explain the old thing, they kind of cut it in, in the middle and they're just like, yeah, you pissed us off. And we're, we've always been mad at you. And this is the last straw or whatever. Right. And, then, and I know yeah. that um, Thora Birch, for instance, was was there was like a scheduling conflict. She was going to be in this movie, but then couldn't end up being in it. But like the fact that like other than in a in a like a conversation with Gilbert, uh, Sam Richardson's character, like the characters are not like mentioned barely. Like it's like in sort of passing in like another conversation they're mentioned. And so like I just because of that sort of thing, it just doesn't feel connected to the first one, which like who, who cares? Like they're both not great movies. So like whatever, but that's, that's when I say like, I don't know who this movie's made for because it's, you know, it doesn't really seem to want to honor the first one all that much, which again, if you don't care and the first one's not that good, then whatever. But it also just like, why, then why make Hocus Pocus two? It's made for fans of the sisters, I think, you know, kind of how they present the whole town is like loving the Sanderson sisters and Mm -hmm. like being kind of obsessed with them and having like costume contests specifically around being Sanderson sisters and selling kind of merchandise related to Sanderson sisters. Like, I I feel like that's kind of a commentary on people's love for the original Hocus Pocus is kind of they they were wrong to like the, to like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to come down too hard because I know it's like a beloved, you know, people love it from their childhood. And, you know, like there's a lot of movies we all like from our childhoods that don't age very well. Um, not that like the original Hocus Pocus was like problematic, but just that the con like in terms of its quality doesn't age very well. But um, so it's it's like the Sandersons as as children are uh, persecuted by a guy played by Tony Hale. And now when they come back in 2022, the mayor of this town is, is also Tony Hale. Yeah, I do. I, that is always like a fun, I think that's kind of fun to be like, he, he, after generations, there's someone who looks exactly like him. Who's also like in the position of power. Yeah. I I like that. Um, so he, he had a couple lines, uh, throughout that were like laugh out loud, funny. He was making the best of it. Yeah. He was doing a good job. I thought he did. He did a great job. A couple times he just like really made me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, took me by surprise just the way that he he said a line or two. Yeah, so they are accidentally the Sandersons are accidentally resurrected by um, the main character whose name is uh, Becca and Izzy. Becca and Izzy, and Cassie is their friend. Um, it takes a virgin to light the candle. Once the candle's lit, then the Sanderson sisters return, and so. It's the, you know, same thing with the first one. They have to, um, they have a one night to kind of stay, uh, you know, if the, if the girls don't return them back to the underworld or something before the night, then they live forever. Um, so they take them to a Walgreens. Hold up. Is, is the reason why Gilbert couldn't do this by himself? Cause he's not a virgin. Cause he's not a virgin. Yeah. Yeah, And like, I he's gone to pound town too many times. The the scene where they were like, why didn't you do it? And then like the implication was that he had sex and it was like this really disgusting thing was like, it was weird because it's teenagers talking to an adult man and like, 
they they kind of sex shame him, but it's also like, why are you all having this conversation with this adult man about his yeah. sex life? Like they kind of like, like I'm, he was like, I'm really good at fucking, and I was like, why did he say <laughs> that? And I was like, he said the f word like on this Disney Plus. I guess you get one. You okay. get one, right? Right. It just was strange because like you know, I like it almost felt like he was like, well, the reason I couldn't do it is because, and they all go ew, and it's just like what. Then he was like, I jerked off, but so good that it's like I had sex. And they're like, oh. <laughs> oh, mm. um, So there's some, I don't know, that was kind of weird. But anyway, so they, they, they. He was, I mean, I am glad he was in this because I feel like it's just a much needed dose of like, he's just like, I light up when he's on screen because he's very funny. He brings so a, he, he brings like a stableness to the majority of this movie because like, I wouldn't even say, even though they're the main characters, like, like the Sanderson sisters just kind of dip for a big chunks of the movie. Um, they take them to a Walgreens, which was like, I don't know, pretty clear, like who sponsored a portion of this movie. She's like, Oh my God, look at all these great prices. (laughs) So they, they fly out of there with a broom, a Swiffer and uh, a hoverboard. Did you like the, did you like the Roombas for Kathy and Jimmy? Oh, I thought there was a hoverboard. They were. Oh no! I think the two, two Roombas. Roombas. Oh, there were two Roombas. Okay. They, she has to be on like a broom, and that's technically uh, like a broom. Ah, that's a okay. Vacuum, that makes much yeah. more sense. I was like, why are they trying to shoehorn in like a hoverboard mm-hmm. joke here? And that makes more sense that it's Roombas. And that's why, uh, like at the end, I thought this was actually pretty funny. They like uh, surround them with a circle of salt that like keeps their powers. Uh, you know, at bay, and they're kind of stuck in there. Mm-hmm. And the Roombas come by and clean it up so they could get out. I thought that was pretty good. I missed that. You know, I was not paying attention to that part. So that's, that is pretty clever. Um, so yeah, they, they find out that, uh, that Trask, um, from the X-Men movies also, um, (laughs) is the, is the mayor of the town. They want to kill him, get revenge on him. So the girls all have to come together. They figure out the spell to return them. And as it turns out, uh, Bette Midler's looking for the, this like power spell, and in order to enact it, she has to give up what she loves, which ends up being her sisters, which when she finds out that's what happens, she doesn't want to get rid of her sisters anymore. So she reverses this. She has the book reverse the spell. It was also weird. The book seemed to be like rebelling against Bette Midler. Yeah, the book is like sentient, like it can look around and it can kind of reject you and like not want you to. It has spells in it that it doesn't want you to cast so it can try and make you close, not yeah, do close, it. Closes the book on him. But she does just like use a spell to be like, no, I'm using the spell. And then it then it can't do anything to me. So. Like, you know, speaking of the rings of power, it always felt like to me that the book was her one ring, you know, to Sauron's one ring. The thing that like she wanted to be reunited with it and it wanted to be reunited with her. But the book seemed to like just scorn her throughout the movie. And just be like, I'm not in I'm not into you anymore. And I was just kind of curious why that decision was made, because it was like almost like the book was implying that she was too evil for it yeah book's like but, hey i'm a fucked up book made of different pieces of flesh but this is too much <laughs> maybe the book just like found someone younger <laughs> the thing that she was like afraid of the whole time yeah uh, the whole first movie at least was like trying to be younger uh um, and then the book just replaced her so she she enacts the power spell the the two sisters fade away <clears throat> and they she doesn't want to cast a spell anymore. She wants to reverse it. And they, so she does, but it turns out that the sisters don't come back. She just also gets disintegrated, but she thanks them for reuniting her with her sisters and she fades away happily. 
to die, I guess. Huh, it's like they could have just stayed the fuck dead before. Right. <laughs> um so yeah, I Yeah, I don't did you I you guys have brought up some actually pretty funny scenes from this movie that I, I apparently missed, but um were there other oh. standouts for this movie? Oh, for you? I, I loved the music scene. <laughs> did you? No, I did not. <laughs> they did sing something in the first movie, right? They did. There's like a little, yeah, a little musical bit, but I think they, they, they did a couple scenes in this one. I think there's a, at least two or three little songy bits. It, it certainly felt like it, but I think they, I can't remember like which they, I mean, they had it in the credits and then I think they had one scene or did they have a couple scenes where they I think were there was just the one big musical scene in the middle. Cause it was That's like, they I were thought. doing like a, a costume contest of the Sanderson sisters mm-hmm. and the fake Sanderson's ended up. Winning. I did like that, that there was like the, I'm not going to use the term, but like, you know, there's like, well, there's like the sexy, there's like the sexy Sanderson sisters oh, that are on, on the stage go and they're on. And, um, and I think there's also the ones of like kind of the cruddy, just like DIY version, which I thought was good too. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it, it really did. Even though there was just the one uh, singing scene, it really did feel like there were more than that. <laughs> I think because, I mean, they also did it at the end. So maybe maybe that was why it felt like there were more because there was more than one because they did it again. Yeah, uh, right. As, right yeah, Bette Midler's fading away and she's like, but before we go. And then her sisters show up and there's <laughs> a 15 minute long song. Um, The other thing I'll say is, I mean, this is just you know, sexist Hollywood bullshit kind of being reinforced. But like considering that the first Hocus Pocus was 29 years ago and this one came on 2022, the three Sanderson sisters all looked not appreciably 29 years older than they did from the first one. Um, Bette Midler looks all right. Down boy. (laughs) (laughs) No, they did. I, it was, they looked fun. What I'm saying is I want them all to be in the, uh, hocus pocus triple x parody that comes out yes well i can't wait for 29 more years so we get the three cool see how they're doing the other the thing that i thought was weird is they kept teasing that the cat was the cat from the first movie and then that never pays off with anything i don't think so no like it just like it's just it just happens to be another black cat and then it never goes anywhere. Like, it's just, she's like afraid of it. And she's like, oh, Zachary, Zachary Binks, it's you again. And like, I. Well, was that, wait, was that maybe just her thinking it was the same cat? And it's just a completely different. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't yeah. expecting it to be it. But if that's the case, like, then I don't know. It just, it, it felt like it was leading to something. And then just never sure. didn't, they never did anything it, with it. I think they did have the cat, like, point something out in as the if mid, it had some insight, right? In the like mid credit. At the end, there's another black flame candle in in the box. There's like it, it has they have like a second box for another black flame candle, and the cat kind of goes by that in the mid credit scene. But but the the cat didn't like walk up to the book at one point when it was hidden or anything. I don't remember that. I, to he me, walks up and he goes, "I'm the cat from the first one," <laughs> and then winks and goes, "Shh, don't, but don't tell Winifred." I don't know why it talks like that. Either. Hey. And it's on if if you have captions on, it says that. But he goes, he like scratches them off the screen. He's like, <laughs> no, she'll read them. It's crazy. You try to rewind it, and it doesn't let you. <laughs> a little cat paw comes out of the remote every time you try to do it. Like, Whoa, this Disney Plus thing is crazy. Um, really fourth wall breaking yeah. this one. So I don't know. I think like I. I 
you know, there's a, with legacy sequels, it's always hard to say like, was this a, a worthwhile legacy sequel? And I don't know, like I don't have a ton of emotional attachment to the first one. Like I think I, as a kid, I liked it. I haven't really watched it much as an adult, so I can't really say like, you know, that it held up or didn't hold up, but I don't know to me having sort of mid expectations, I felt kind of let down by this. So I don't know. I think like in terms of a legacy sequel, I didn't think this was worth doing. What about you guys? Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it definitely didn't feel like there was a story waiting to be told all these 29 years that, you know, and you know, finally this is being unleashed. I thought it was serviceable. Um, I don't think it's better than the first one. I, I do agree, Max, that like, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like kind of thing you could just like throw on and be like enchanted by, or this would, you would like this enough to then go back and watch the first one without any knowledge of it, the previous entry. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm pretty like a, a light recommendation from me, but eh, didn't, didn't really blow me away. Didn't, didn't have huge expectations going in and it was just, it was right around the middle for me. Yeah. What about you, Max? Yeah, it, it really did seem like Hocus Pocus has a lot of nostalgia going for it, and it seems to have had like kind of a a recent kind of bump in people's minds. I don't I don't know uh, what happened there, but like I think people started remembering Hocus Pocus of like, oh yeah, 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 Hocus Pocus. I kind of want to see that again, and then uh, Disney picked up on that, made a sequel uh, without too much heart without too much of an idea behind it just kind of like hey let's let's drum up a new one of these because people are talking about it that's that's what it felt like watching the sequel yeah uh, so if you're interested in that feeling uh that disney is making another movie that you've seen then uh check it out <laughs> yeah anyways that'll do it uh for this we'll see you next time bye, bye.